Welcome back to Aunt You Did. Today we are very excited to be able to talk with Maddie Manning B. Maddie is a rising senior at Stanford Online High School. Serving as a pivotal member for the organization Dear Asian Youth, Maddie works to create an empowering community for Asian youth across the globe. Maddie wanted to encourage and advocate for equity and inclusivity for Asian youth, and she did. Let's get started. Hi, Maddie. How are you doing today? Hi, Zoe and Sophie. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk um, about Dear Asian Youth to you all today. Yay, we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. And we're wondering if we could start off um, with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, like, where do you go to school? What are your hobbies? How have you, how's your summer been? And everything like that. Yeah, definitely. So my name is Maddie. I'm from Ben Ridge, Louisiana. I'm turning 17 in a month and a half. And um, like you already heard, I'm a rising senior at Stanford OHS. Um, I'm a classical singer, cellist, and pianist. And I actually just got back from um, a summer program at the Interlochen Arts Camp in Michigan for voice and opera. Um, so that was a three-week program, and it was a really amazing experience. Um, outside of music and academics, I'm a writer. I've been published by the Pixel Journal, Dear Asian Youth, um, De Novo, and the Stanford OHS Literary Club's journal, The Chrysalis. Um, I'm currently the assistant editor-in-chief for Pixel Journal and the deputy editor-in-chief for the comms team at Dear Asian Youth. And just some fun facts about me. I love um, cats. I have a pet cat named Buddy. Um, I love dancing and I love math. We're so excited to be able to get to know you a little bit today. So could you start by telling us a little bit about Dear Asian Youth as an organization? What is its mission and what are its goals? Yes, so Dear Asian Youth um, is a youth-led nonprofit global organization that was founded by Stephanie Hu in 2020. Um, we just passed our one-year anniversary, I think, two months ago. Uh, Day's mission is to promote intersectional activism through its youth leaders, solidarity um, with marginalized communities across the world, and equality and equity for everyone. We actually, just to give you some stats, we currently have over 111,000 Instagram followers, over 156 chapters internationally, and over 234 team members that are also um, from an international community. Wow, congratulations on your one year anniversary. And it's so impressive how widespread Dear Asian Youth is. So congratulations on that too. And we were wondering, how did you first learn about Dear Asian Youth and what really drew you to this organization? And what were the steps that you had to take to get involved? So I actually heard about Day from Alina Rahim, who is also a rising senior at Stanford OHS. I don't remember exactly how I found out about this. I think maybe it popped up on her Instagram, but I saw that she was working as a podcast um, member for the podcast team at Day. Um, so I think I reached out to her because I thought that was something I would be really interested in doing. I didn't have any experience uh, with with podcasts, but I reached out to Alina and she said they were looking for um, more team members. So applications were open at day right now. So this was about, I think, late July of last year. So I think Dear Asian Youth was still, I think we were at like 7,000 followers at that time. Um, so I decided to apply, but I had to submit a lot of um, written samples. Um, and so I also submitted an essay I had written for the Pixel Journal just um, a month or two before that was focusing on the Black Lives Matter movement. So I received an email later on um, that said that I didn't really have like experience with podcasts. So they didn't know if I would be a good fit. 
but they really loved my writing samples and they were looking for editors. So they were wondering if I'd be interested in applying for a spot as an editor. Um, I obviously love writing. So I thought that would be a really great opportunity. So I decided to apply and um, basically the application process was just submitting more written samples, um, sort of filling out qualifications that I had, uh, sort of like what I um, sort of goals I had if I was made an, uh, if I was made to be an editor, what I would add to the team, um, just where my thoughts were about like the schedule and the workload, just to see if I would be a good fit, things like that. And then eventually I had an interview with Sonamai, who's the assistant um, director of Dear Asian Youth. And then I received my sort of like acceptance email uh, about like a week or two later saying that I was part of the team. But um, the reason I wanted to um, be part of it and I was so drawn to it was because this was like in the midst of everything with COVID and the Black Lives Matter protests and like the fight for justice for George Floyd and other people of color. And I was really enraged about everything that was going on. And um, being like a young teenage uh, woman of color, there wasn't a lot that I could personally do in that moment because like I don't have a huge, you know, um, social media base or whatever. So like no matter how many infographics or whatever that I was posting, it would never like really get out there. So I just really wanted to do something. Um, and especially with COVID, it was really difficult for me to be able to go to any protests or town halls or, um, you know, in-person meetups or things like that. So when I heard about Dear Asian Youth, I thought that was perfect because it is youth led and because they're so willing to give up opportunities to um, passionate youth leaders. So I was really excited um, to see something like that and to see how the platform was growing so quickly despite like being run by you know people that were my age and that people were like listening to what you know teenagers and young Asian Americans had to say. So I was uh, really excited to get involved in something like that to make a difference in the community that um, your base has grown so much and that the organization as a whole has been able to help so many people and impact so many lives. I know for one that I've been following um, Dear Asian Youth and um, as an Asian youth, it's just incredible to see. So could you tell us a little bit about what your role at Dear Asian Youth is and what exactly does it entail? Definitely. So um, when I first got the position in August, I was an editor for the literature team so that just meant I was being assigned a couple of pieces on a weekly basis and I was checking through them and going through them as a regular editor um, and then about I want to say like in April late April or early May I applied for a new position it, um, that they opened up for us so these these were called deputy editor-in-chiefs because what they wanted to do um, was because the literature team was expanding so quickly, they wanted to divide it into three categories. So the communications team, the prose and poetry team, and the current events team. So I decided to apply for the communications team opening um, because communications, what that means is it focuses on personal pieces and opinion articles, um, which are two things that I'm really interested in and I really love uh, working with other writers on that specific category. So the deputy editor-in-chief is basically in charge of their own team. So we all work under Lillian Hahn, who is our main editor-in-chief, but we're all sort of um, little like co-leaders of each team. So for the comms team, uh, basically what I do is I run the team on a five-week uh, schedule or cycle. So in week one, that's when we like to um, find some time to meet all the writers and editors and me and sort of go through our expectations for the next cycle or do some team bonding things. Um, and by the end of that week, we have a, a huge pitch sheet 
where we get a bunch of pitch submissions from our writers that are either approved or rejected by the end of that week. Um, starting week one, I'm sort of overseeing um, all of the writers' first drafts and all of the editors' first edits. Then that moves into the second, or actually really the third week that um, encloses the second drafts and the second round of editing. Um, and then in the uh, next week, that's when final edits happen. And that's when my final check over of everything happens. And then uh, by the end of that week, the pieces um, should be polished and clean and ready to publish. And that goes out to our literature platforms on Dear Asian Youth's website and also on our, our um, literature platform on Instagram. So basically all of the pieces that I'm working um, with are all op-eds or um, personal pieces. So they're sort of like personal essays rather than more fictional pieces. That's really cool. And what do you enjoy as being part of your particular position? And also what are some challenges that it may have presented? Um, I know that you are involved in many extracurriculars, especially with your music. Um, so I was wondering, has it been hard to dedicate so much time to Dear Asian Youth or have you been able to manage things um, all right? So I really love the community at Day because um, it really makes you feel welcomed. And because it is a community of people of color and a lot of Asian Americans, I felt like I really belonged when I applied and started working with people. I, I always felt really understood by everyone because everyone is sort of like glued together from either a common experience or really or really loving um, you know, activism work and really wanting to make a difference. So I really enjoy working with my team. And it's actually funny because on our Discord server that we used to work with each other, it's not just work but there's like constantly these little inside jokes that are going between us so it's just a really fun environment it's never um toxic or um exclusive or anything like that which I think is really wonderful um I think challenges were definitely the organization of everything because becoming the deputy EIC meant I was sort of taking on my own leadership role within the literature team and that was really scary because I hadn't done something like that before and I didn't know if my writers and editors would respond well to me considering that um, I've been on the team for I guess like almost a year at this point but that's not a super long amount of time. And also the fact that I, I am possibly younger than a lot of the people I work with. So I never wanted to feel like I was um, overstepping boundaries or you know taking like my power, quote power um, too far or upsetting people. So I think I was really nervous. Like I didn't know if people were going to listen to me and were going to listen to my ideas, but they, you know, the team was super welcoming and they're really just like lovely people to work with. So although that's something it's sort of like imposter syndrome, but it's, it's something that's like in the back of my brain. Um, I just have to sort of like work through it and um, trust my team like the same way that they trust me. And like you said, I do a lot of extracurriculars. Uh, extra it's kind of insane. Um, so I definitely have a hard time keeping everything straight in my head. Um, literally what saves me is using a planner, just like writing every single little thing down. Cause I have just, I don't know why I have so much going on that I've like purposely signed myself up for. So I think definitely being organized enough um, can be a challenge. I think like yesterday I was working on a college app thing and then all of a sudden in the back of my brain this like alarm went off and I was like oh my gosh I need to send out this reminder to like uh, for writers to submit pitches tonight you know um so I think it's definitely sort of like a crazy mind balance that I have to do sometimes and just saying oh sorry that's my cat <laughs> staying super organized and staying on top of everything but my team once again they're super supportive and for example when I went to my summer program that was three weeks long I was basically in the middle of the woods 
um, and I was super busy every day. So I had let my editor-in-chief Lillian um, know and ahead of time, I was like, I don't know how much I'm gonna be able to work on this. And she was just like, no worries. And she helped me that entire time and sort of like took over everything that I needed her help with. So it's just, um, there's a really great support system that's built in. That's really incredible to hear that it's been such a supportive community. Um, and I'm really happy that you've been able to contribute to that community as well. So in your experience, what impacts does Dear Asian Youth have that you've seen so far? So um, Dear Asian Youth has pulled together, I think hundreds of thousands of people internationally because whether or not you follow on our Instagram platform, there's always like town halls and um, women of color conferences that are going on that really pull in people who maybe haven't been exposed to Dear Asian Youth or other platforms like it before, which I think is really incredible. And um, I sort of keep repeating myself, but the team itself is really like a family. And we actually, I think for days when your anniversary, we had a sort of like online Zoom birthday party. And I was really surprised because while there were a lot of people who have worked at Dear Asian Youth, there were also a ton of people who had just been following Dear Asian Youth or maybe had just heard about it. And then they came to this little event and we all got to talk about how a day has impacted our lives. And it was just really touching to see like, you know, how all of these people come from so many different backgrounds but there's something about day that just like inspires them and pulls them together um and that like it makes it, it like we become more familiar to one another if that makes sense um and there's also just been such a widespread impact not from like our instagram account alone or our literature team but even our podcast where so many people listen to it i think there's something like there's thousands of listeners for each episode and i've had lots of people reach out to me and just say how much it made a difference to have the community at dear asian youth or that they saw a post and it inspired them to apply for like a leadership position or to apply as like a writer or an illustrator or an artist just because they didn't know that like dear asian youth was run by a youth leader and so like seeing that um, inspired them to maybe start like their own nonprofit or maybe start their own Instagram account where they were sharing informative pieces of work. So I think it's just a combination of like building this community for Asian Americans because I think growing up biracial, I always felt like maybe there wasn't a space for me or I never really felt like Asian enough. Um, and so being part of Dear Asian Youth really helped me grow into my own racial identity and find like a lot of acceptance amongst that community. Um, and then as well as that, just um, see the activism platform sort of be uh, taken over by a lot of Gen Zers and, and like sort of give that power back to the younger generation to see what we can do. Um, and I'll just reiterate, like, I think it's just incredible how the platform just sort of blew up in the course of a year. And, you know, and that started with just one teenage girl, Stephanie, who's my age, um, just sitting in her room and recording a poem and publishing it and then getting her own friends to help her out and in those leadership positions and then that's just you know how it started which I think is so cool to see that um, sort of like women of color power at such a young age impacting um, the you know entire international community. That's incredible that you've been able to see those impacts and create and be part of such an inclusive and encouraging and supportive environment and moving forward, we are wondering what plans do you have to continue advocating for equity and inclusivity for the Asian community, um, whether with Dear Asian Youth or otherwise? So I definitely wanna keep working at day as long as they will allow me to and put up with me for, um, because it's just such a great platform. And I love being able to work with my team and make that impact through writing, which is one of my other really great passions. The other thing I'm planning to do 
is um, Stanford OHS students will probably know about this or maybe heard about it or they were at the event. But I think this past March, my um, best friend and fellow classmate, Ilana Wen, who's also a rising senior, um, she and I held a student-led discussion on the hashtag Stop Asian Hate. And so that discussion was so, um, it was just, there was so much support and we were really surprised by like the overwhelming, um, you know, feedback we heard on that and the audience that was there and just everything. So we've decided that we're going to co-found the Asian Pacific American Student Union at Stanford OHS um, or the APASU for short. So we're really looking forward to working on this together. We wanna to create a safe space for um, not only Asian American students, but other people of color and anyone who's interested in learning more about the history behind Asian Pacific Americans um, and learning more about the culture and learning more about the issues that young Asian Americans are facing in today's society. So we're really hoping that not only can we create this sort of safe space with um, weekly meetings that are probably open for, you know, people of color or just people of color um, to discuss past experiences or discuss anything they'd like, but we also want to continue to lead more student-led discussions on um, focusing on anything from history to current events issues and probably um, collaborating with other clubs and circles, seeing as they're willing. We would also like to just have fun events to create more bonding amongst Asian American students at the school. Um, for example, I know one thing she was really excited about is um, I wanna lead the Pixel Chefs or she co-leads the Pixel Chefs Club. So we really wanted to have like a boba night or something where we, um, or where she and a couple other students can teach us how to make bubble tea and we can do that together. Or maybe one night where we can make uh, dumplings and just fun things like that. Um, that I feel like really helps to connect people through having both these informative discussions that uh, teach a lot and educate and really inspire people to get involved in their community, but also just having these moments um, that remind us that like we are connected and we have this sort of bond together, if that makes sense. I truly love that idea. Um, that's definitely an organization that I'll be joining as um, an OHS student in the fall. So I'm very excited to see where that goes. And I'm also a big fan of any kind of Asian food, um, especially with my own Asian heritage. So I'm very excited um, to take part in those Pixel Chef meetings. So um, to move on, do you have any advice for other young women who have a desire to increase equity in their communities similar to the way that you have? So I have two pieces of advice, I think. My first one is don't limit yourself based on what others tell you or what you think is available to you. There's been so many moments in my life where I've had other people, um, especially people my age, sort of tell me that, you know, being involved in my community isn't possible because people don't want to listen to me or they don't want to hear what I have to say and that I should just quit while I'm at it. But Obviously, people do want to listen to what I have to say, and they do want to hear from organizations like Day, even though they're youth-led, and even though they start out small, you can see how quickly these things can blow up and how quickly they can catch others' attention. So never be discouraged based on what others tell you, because there's always opportunities out there for you, and there's always people who um, want to listen to what you have to say and will support you no matter what you do. Um, so push back against those limitations that you know others want to put on you. And then my second piece of advice is no matter how small a difference you're making in your community, you're still playing a vital role in changing the world. And so don't take that lightly. 
I know a lot of times it's really easy to beat ourselves up about something or to think like, oh, we could be doing more or, oh, I could have founded this or, oh, I could have done this, but I'm only like doing this. But that's your role and it's important no matter how small or big you think it is. So you need to be <laughs> proud of what you're doing and what you're achieving because everything you do is your own milestone even if it's not um what you think it should be or what you hope it to be you just need to be kind to yourself and give yourself time to grow and evolve while you're still you know making even just making the move to be a part of your community thanks for those incredible words of wisdom and maddie thank you so much for coming on our podcast today all your work and involvement with dear aging youth is so impactful and important and we're just so honored to have interviewed you today so thank you so much to our listeners we hope that maddie's story inspires you as much as it has inspired us stay tuned for more episodes